Broadcast from the centre of England, this is Waffle On about Steptoe and Son. Harold? Welcome to Waffle On. My name is Simon Meddings, and as usual, I'm joined with a very croaky, a very ill-sounding Mark C. Kelly. Uh, no, I'm not really that bad. <laughs> saying I am quite bad, but I'm, I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it for the podcast. You're doing it. Doing it for the TV show. Yeah, if I die live on air, that'll be a first. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I just edit you out. Should it, if you do end up uh, dying, do you want me to put some special effects? Yeah, yeah, that'd be talking from. You could have it like talking from the grave, like Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about Steptoe and Son. Uh, but first of all, um, we'll, we'll do the apologies first. If you hear Cal cough, sneeze, uh, or as we've said, die uh, throughout this show, we're sorry. Don't. You'd prefer the latter, though, wouldn't you? Because that's probably a lot more quiet. It would be, but the show really would just die on its arse because uh, it, I, I don't think I, I don't think I'd do this on my own. To be fair, you could do, you could do it with a Ouija board. <laughs> That'd be the but, first, mate. Yeah. Like a podcast with via Ouija board. <laughs> that's kind of that's the that's, that's like the uh, ancient Skype. <laughs> yeah, the only trouble with that though, it'd be a bit like when you want to send a message on the Wii or on the Xbox, where you've yeah. got to, you've got to go through the keyboard. So you just have like scratchings of the Ouija board uh, pointer going across the thing. So I don't, I think it'd, take, it'd certainly be a long podcast. <laughs> uh, but first of all, before we crack on, obviously we have a few of the older housekeeping stuff to get on with. We've got uh, two emails that have been put on the podcast uh, well, on our Podbean site um, that we uh, have forgotten to read out. So first of all, this is Lizanne, and uh, and she's turned around and said, I found your podcast through the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance Twitter feed when the words Jeremy Brett caught my eye. Good discussion, guys. I am now happily downloading some of your earlier shows from Lizanne. Well, thank you, Lizanne, and uh, welcome aboard the good ship Waffle On. Uh, we, we are on the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance and that's a, an open network for anyone who talks a little bit about Doctor Who. And as we've done one show on Doctor Who, uh, thanks very much for hosting us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And the second one is from Arthur Vasey, who has actually been in touch uh, before. Uh, hiya, Arthur. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, never got to watch much kids' TV as a kid. I had outgrown most of the programs featured in your podcast by the time they were on. My parents dictated what we could and couldn't watch even during what was supposed to be the children's hour i was at a boarding school from the age of 10 between 1973 and 1977 we weren't allowed anywhere near television there that's what arthur has to say i think god, arthur you've had a real bad childhood haven't you <laughs> oh my god we've got a different class of people going on here than we used to have didn't we where yeah. our generation is all we did was watch television exactly yeah, yeah. my parents sit in front of that telly and keep quiet 
<laughs> yeah, shut up. There's the screen. Uh, Arthur, so, um, but uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the uh, show. Arthur has been a long time listener and uh, always welcome to uh, send in. Now, uh, we, we, I do have something to, uh, to, to inform you, uh, Mr. Kelly, uh, of a future podcast that we were doing. Uh, we're going to be doing Blake 7 towards the end of the year. That was a funny kind of cough and a happy cough, that was. <laughs> you were quite excited about that, yeah. aren't you? Oh, I bloody love Blake Seven. I know. And, and I think you're going to be even more excited when I tell you we've got a guest coming on to that show. We've only got your man coming on the show, the one you ask about every episode, and not David Frost. It's good old it is, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, it's Mike. Not, it's, our it's, my, it's our man, Mike. My, my favourite. My favourite fan. <laughs> well, I asked him if he'd like to do a uh, come and do a three-way Skype conversation because, as again, dear listeners, we are recording this via the medium of the Ouija board. I mean, uh, Skype. Uh, <laughs> You're going to say Ouija board, do you? Yeah, so uh, I said, yeah, you know, would you like to go on? Because Mike's um, a really big fan of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but oh, um, Mike's already done a, a show on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for uh, Trex and Sci-Fi, and um, he'd said he'd probably jump in on the um, Anomaly Hitchhiker's Guide. So I, I thought, you know, get him to do something else, and uh, he mentioned uh, Blake Seven, and I thought, well, that's got to be, because that's your show Blake Seven is uh, along with quite a mass so uh, so Mike's coming on the show towards the end of the year um now we've uh, we always ask every show if anyone would like to leave us reviews on oh, no, I, know I know what's coming now <laughs> and it's all it's very nice to have we've had some fantastic reviews on there and thank you for giving us the five stars or even four stars or whatever it's uh, it's really does help us out and it's always nice to see that so um on Saturday, when we were meant to record the show, unfortunately, Cal was even worse than what he's sounding now, and uh, England were playing. Um, I checked iTunes so that we could, you know, acknowledge anybody else. And imagine my surprise uh, when I see that we've got one star. Now, I don't mind getting one star. It doesn't bother me too much uh, because not everyone's going to like what we do. And fair enough, that's what reviews are all about. But please, if you're going to give us one star, then do give us one star if you've got a problem with the show. Unlike Expert Cat, hello, Expert Cat. Happily that you are a listener. That's very nice. Thank you very much. But your comment is, for the last few downloads, my iPhone will download at a very slow rate, but they won't save onto the phone, but says there's an error. Um, That's not really worthy of one star, is it? The fact that your iPhone is taking ages to do it. Now, I did a test on uh, using my iPhone, and uh, I downloaded our show, and another show on Podbean, uh, which is actually Knights of the Guild, which is on for longer than that. And it does take a little bit longer than another show. And that's because of Podbean. Um, Podbean is a, uh, a server. And it does take a little bit long. But if you download the shows on iTunes, it shouldn't have a problem. As for um, not saving on your phone and saying there's an error, that's got to be something to do with your message. So uh, on Saturday, I probably would have ranted a bit more. But I was calm down. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So expert cat. Hopefully you can uh, sort out that and then change your star to five. If not, well, whatever. Anyway, there we go. That was That's a very thought. diplomatic of you. I've got to say because what mm. you were saying to me Saturday night was going to come out very different. Yeah, it was. Well, I kind of calmed it was, down. It was a lot less swearing than there was on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, well, I didn't turn around and, and oh, no, <laughs> let's, let's, let's leave it there. Uh, oh, uh, thankfully, I've just found that we've got another another email. Uh, love the podcast on porridge and off with the same pet. Any chance of doing Dad's Army, Only Fools and Horses, 
and Steptoe and Son, kind regards from Ian B of Gloucestershire. Ian Beale? Not Ian Beale, Ian B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can say Ian Beale. Characters are sending us yeah. Dye, Dye's got in touch with us there by the look of it then. <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah, nice. uh, in joke. Uh, and the last one, uh, we've got, hi guys, uh, great show. Uh, are you still doing the Waffle On podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so because I've just found it and I think it's excellent. Really is good fun and interesting. Hope I haven't missed uh, the boat again. And that's from Mark. Uh, actually, I've been in touch with Mark. Uh, added a couple of emails off him, and uh, Mark's thinking of doing uh, having a bash of doing his own podcast. And I think he should because uh, he, he sounds like a great guy. And he's actually thinking of doing a, a show that you really like, Cal, uh, the Survivors, the original 1970s one. Ooh, get me honest, I could. Talk all fight about survivors. <laughs> well, not literally, because right, I'd be in bed and I'd be asleep talking then, so I'd be a little weird. <laughs> so I'll let him know. I'll let him know. You him about, oh, yeah, if he, wants to, he wants to guest start, uh, you know, an avid fan of survivors when no one else liked it. So it might, be, so it might just be me and him. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so good luck, Mark, uh, with your podcast. I hope it goes, uh, hope it goes on quite well. Actually, there's a few people doing podcasts, but uh, can't talk about that. Hmm, so there's no point mentioning it, really, is there? <laughs> Right then, so Steptoe and Son, and as usual, what best way to start, the, I always say that, what's the best way to start the podcast when we've been waffling on for 10 <laughs> minutes, <laughs> uh, what best way to start our subject than to play the theme tune? there Kel uh, done by Ron Granger I know yeah uh, originally called Old Ned that's called Old Ned Old oh, Ned yeah 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 interesting facts you're straight in there with an interesting fact well you know there you go yeah Old Ned uh, uh, Ron Granger obviously most well known for he did The Prisoner and uh, other stuff like Doctor Who and bits and that uh, but uh, the theme tune Kel would you like to say a little bit about who we used to sing the theme tune to there was a very weird thing in this where we used to we used to have a very, there's a very fat man. I can call him fat in well, this day and age. We, we're not friends. He's, he's very fat. He's he a very a, large man. Yeah, he's very He used to ride a bike, which was hilarious in itself. <laughs> but when he was riding, you couldn't help but sing the Steptoe and Son theme tune. He just went with it, didn't he? Yeah, it was because he was and a very small bike. <laughs> and then weirdly, Vic Reeves used to use it as well, didn't he? In um, Thingy, when he was an old man walking down the road. Yes, he was. Well, it's got nothing to do with Steptoe and Son. No, and, and neither's, neither's uh, uh, the, the large fellow at work who rides a bike has nothing to do. But it's just the the just slow the... movement of uh, well, it's called old Nick. It's supposed to be like based on the horse, horse and cart, which of course is what is in Steptoe and Son. But uh, yeah, Steptoe and Son. So it was uh, created uh, by uh, Galton and Simpson, uh, one of the most legendary um, writers of comedy 
here in Great Britain. Uh, let's mention Alan Simpson for a minute before we crack on. Uh, born 27th of November 1929, so he's uh, he's cracking on quite a bit, uh, really. Um, Brixton, London, Israeli was born, and uh, he met Galton in 1948 at a tuberculosis sanatorium in Surrey. So um, that's nice, in uh, Goldowming, which ironically is uh, the same place where uh, I think uh, Terry Thomas died. Pointless, pointless thing there. No. Uh, Ray Galton, born in Paddington, London, uh, July 17th. Uh, oh, nearly his birthday. Oh, his birthday will be next month. That's nice. When we release the next waffle on. <laughs> so we have, must remember that. Uh, yeah, uh, their writing credits include um, Hancock's Half Hour, which I think really started their career off um, from 56 to 61. Uh, they then went on to do Sitters and James. Other uh, writers uh, writing stuff they did after Step Turn Son was uh, Milligan's Wake, starring Spike Milligan, uh, The Frankie Howard Show, uh, Galton and Simpson's Comedy Hour, um, Casanova, uh, which starred Leslie Phillips, <laughs> awesome, uh, Dawson's Weekly, and uh, later on, one of the last things they uh, was uh, uh, doing for TV was the Paul Merton. Uh, Galton and Simpson special. They've uh, wrote some films, and uh, these were Pride of the Regiment uh, with uh, Peter Sellers, um, The Rebel, uh, starring Tony Hancock, uh, The Barge, starring Harry H. Corbett, and Rungarm of the Law, uh, which is their last film, which starred Peter Sellers and Lionel Jeffries there, Kel. Also had uh, Bernard Cribbins. Ooh, now he's a great... We talked about Bernard Cribbins quite a lot on these podcasts. He's no. David Frost. I think, but, ooh, that would be... a. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to fit him in TNG. <laughs> oh, no, that, no, that is... Oh, buddy, Al. I don't know. We'll find a way. There's got to be something. But Patrick Stewart must have done something with Bernard Cribbins in his life. Well, Patrick Stewart was in, obviously, Star Trek. Yeah. Was Bernard Cribbins in Excalibur? Was he in June? Oh, no. Patrick Stewart wasn't in June, was he? Oh, well, Patrick Stewart... Ah, Patrick Stewart starred with David Tennant in Hamlet. And David Tennant started Bernard Cribbins in Doctor Who. There you go. So yeah. new. We have retired David Frost for Bernard. We have retired David Frost and we bought Bernard Cribbins and we've just used the only one connection to Patrick Stewart in the wrong damn show. <laughs> we can find another one. We've, they're their bloody careers. How long Bernard Cribbins have been around? There's going to be another one. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, so um, Galton and Simpson, uh, these are the people responsible for writing Steptoe and Son. Um, should we talk about the act, the two main actors in Steptoe and Son first? I'd say so, because that's really what the show was about, wasn't it, really? Definitely, more yeah. Important than the, more important than the stories, really, wasn't it? It was the chemistry. Well, the chemistry between the two, yeah. They, the main actor in this was Harry H. Corbett, born 28th of February 1925. Uh, he was born in Rangoon. Uh, part of British Burma, um, and he died on the 21st of March 1982 in Hastings in uh, East Sussex. Uh, early in his career, he was dubbed the English Marlin Brando uh, by some sections of the press. Uh, this is a common um, scenario. In fact, we were talking about this on Saturday night um, about oh, yes. yeah uh, um, the fact that uh, Harry H. Corbett was a serious actor, um, a very uh, well known in the theatre. Um, and then, well, not unfortunately, because it's what majority of people know Harry H. Corbett for, he's Steptoe and Son, uh, did a comedy role and was unfortunately typecast and was not given any other uh, serious films. No, because you think of the only other role I can think of him in is Carry On Screaming. Yeah, and the funny thing about Carry On Screaming is when you first see him driving that car, the theme tune to Steptoe and Son is played in the background. Yeah. 
That's right, yeah. That which is I still think is the best carry I ever made. That might cause a thing, but I think it is. Yeah, his IMDb list is uh, is pretty impressive, uh, really for TV. Uh, he did a few major TV stuff: uh, Floods of Fear, the ITV Television Playhouse, and so Shakes Hands with the Devil. Um, and he mainly concentrated on theatre. Uh, his first uh, film that was uh, stood out for the English audience was, of course, Carry On Screaming back in 1966. Um, he was asked to actually play uh, Harold Steptoe uh, by Galton and Simpson themselves. They'd seen him in uh, doing plays and, and early TV work. And uh, Harry H. Corbett was so impressed with the pilot episode, he uh, described it as being more like Beckett. Uh, than anything else and the pilot episode which we'll, we'll come to after we talk about Wilfred Bramble is very much like Becky I think um he after uh Steptoe and Son he didn't really do an awful lot he was in uh, uh The Plank uh which is a brilliant uh oh, that's, that, silent comedy. Yeah, that's, that is a classic British uh bit of 60s comedy that is isn't it yeah yeah definitely he was uh in Silver Dream Racer as uh, oh. Wiggins. Uh, I that film. Yeah, he played the Dick Emery Christmas show. Uh, his final role was actually Tales of the Unexpected, but uh, he had a, 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 a quite a serious car crash um, in around about 19... <clears throat> excuse me, around about 1978-79 and appeared in a, an episode of Shoestring uh, starring Trevor Eve uh, in which you can actually see his facial injuries. Um, so that was uh, pretty bad. He, he started in a few other things. Um, the Basil Bush Show, What's Up Super Duck. Uh, but the one that I always remember him by, and again, it's going back to a Python uh, uh, link here, is Jabberwocky. Uh, yeah, that's an okay film, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's I quite like it, but only because of the fact that I, I, I really like Michael Palin. It's got, it's, it's, I think that it's one of them films where it starts off amazing. Mm. It's got that great bit with the, with the bloke, but, you know, the kind of shot that we like in all comedies where it's got someone's head being pushed really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and screaming, very evil, well, evil dead copied. Uh, copied. Yeah, and then he, he puts up and he's just got, like, his head and loads of bones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny, but then it just gets weaker as it goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, which is a which is a, a bit of a shame, really. But again, it's still one of them films that's worth uh, worth owning. Uh, the other actor in uh, Steptown Son was Wilfred Bramble, uh, born twenty second of March nineteen twelve, passed away eighteenth of January nineteen eighty five. Born in Dublin, in Ireland, he died in in London. Um, uh, Wilfred Bramble was uh, a closet homosexual. Um, obviously, it was unfortunately he couldn't come out as being gay uh, because it was illegal in Britain until 1967. Uh, ironically, earlier in his life, he'd been married uh, from 48 to 55 to Molly Josephine, but the relationship ended after she gave birth to the child of their lodger in 1953. wonder why he turned gay. Anyway, um, yeah, Wilfie Bramble, uh, quite a a frail old man, really. <laughs> but uh, it's strange because do you know him from anything else apart from Steptoe and Son? I do. Um, the Beatles film, Help. Yeah, uh, in which the, uh, the he's called in, in Steptoe and Son a dirty old man. He's a dirty old man. Uh, but in uh, in Help, uh, he's always referred to, he's very clean, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's what I, that, that, they're the only two things. I remember, I remember I used to watch you eat my nan. Mm. And my nan had a passing resemblance of Wilford Bramble, which was uh, a bit worrying. But anyway, she used to say, she used to say to me, "Oh, he was a face of TV. For, everyone knew him. 
And, <laughs> and I think it must have been a generational thing because, like you say, I can't think of any other thing he did apart from them two things. Like, you know, he's saying he's in quite a mass. Now, I know quite a mass, like the back of my hand, and, I still, and I've sort of loads and I still can't remember him in quite a mass off the top of my head. You've got them. You've got I, them. You have to watch them and have a look. I am sorry, I'm still laughing about the fact you just described your nan as looking like Wilfie Bramble. She did look like she did. She did. She's in in the past tense now. Oh, well, she um, probably definitely looks more like uh, Wilfie yeah, Bramble. Yeah, she, she did look like she did look like Wilfie Bramble. Honestly. Yeah, he, he started in the Quatermass experiment as a drunk in uh, in 1953, and in Quatermass too as a tramp. So going from drunk to a tramp, uh, <laughs> yeah, as you as you see. Because you think of him as an old man, you can't think of him looking young, can you? No, you can't no. picture him young. Uh, he did a lot of theatre work on television, uh, such as uh, the, uh, and little mini episodes. You know, you get like a BBC Sunday Night Theatre. Uh, he was in The Gamblers, The Buccaneers, uh, the, the Adventures of Aggie, uh, The Adventures of Sir Lancelot, Bleak House. He was in a hell of a lot of TV uh, TV plays. He's actually a hard day's night, uh, not help. Uh, oh, yeah, I always get them buttered up, them beat. I'm not a big uh, fan of the beat, you know, so there you go. Yeah. But, um, uh, he was also in The Three Lives of Thomasina, uh, which was a Disney film starring uh, Patrick McGowan. Uh, always uh, nice to see old uh, Patrick McGowan uh, turn up there. And uh, after Steptoe and Son, uh, he uh, starred in uh, All Creatures Great and Small. Uh, favorite. Favorite, love it, uh, as uh, Dinsdale's brother. He appeared in uh, o, uh, Citizen Smith. Uh, in the episode Only Fools and Horses, uh, which I didn't know about until I've just read it. It's been a long time since I saw Citizen Smith. Yeah, it's a very dated uh, television yeah. program, isn't it? Uh, his uh, final uh, film he did was The Sword of the Valiant, The Legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. I've probably said that totally wrong. Playing Porter. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, well, I've got some news later on after this, so just to... Um, Go off board. And um, the production uh, of Steptoe and Son, it was originally shown on BBC One. The pilot was first shown on the 4th of January 1962. Was that, was that live? Was that, I think it was supposed to be live then, weren't they? Was that uh, TV still live then, or was this after that? I think it was live. The funny thing is, is that I remember uh, taping uh, the second time Steptoe and Son was the pilot was ever shown, and I've still got it on video upstairs. Um, yeah, so that, that was 1962 because it's one of those ones that they showed the pilot. Now the pilot is is it's, it's a comedy step to the is, but the funny thing about the pilot is it's very very sad. And uh, this is where we will now mention what step to the is all about. Um, Harry H. Corbett played Harold Steptoe, and uh, Wilfrid Bramble played the father Albert Steptoe. The whole premise and the whole story from the start of um, of Steptoe and Son. Uh, was the fact that Harold Steptoe wanted to better himself. He wanted to be more than just a rag and bone man, which is what they were. Their company was Steptoe and Son, the rag and bone trade. And that was the whole point. Every episode was something to do with Harold trying to be better, but it was his father would always either stop him or turn around and say, you don't want to do that, you're better off here. And the final scenes of the pilot is Harold desperately trying to push the car out of where they live and breaking down and crying. And his dad saying, oh, come on, son, I'll put the kettle on. And it's a fairly moving episode. That is, you know, to me, like a lot of like all great comedy, it comes from a lot of tragedy, doesn't it? There's funny, the funniest things can happen in the the, the worst situations, mm. especially. And you know, we, I suppose you're going to go on more about this, but there was, you know, I suppose the, the people in the states or around the world don't really know. But this is such a class statement, Steptoe and Son. It really is, isn't it? Because yeah. he always, he didn't see himself as what Albert did, did he? No, no, he didn't. And I think the thing is as well is because the the actual uh, company of Steptoe and Son, uh, which was uh, located on Oil Drum Lane in uh, Shepherd's Bush, uh, was actually the father of Albert. 
so the son is actually Albert. Uh, so it's actually he, he doesn't even have any relation to the name apart from just following find down. Now Septon and Son ran uh, really from around about 1962 to the 26th of December 1974. So it had a it had a good long run, a 12 year run. Um, there was four four series made uh, from the original 62 to 65, followed by a second run from 70 to 74. Um, a lot of that is really when you think about it, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the pilot, which actually was called the offer, was uh, was born out of writer's block. Um, they, uh, Galton and Simpson, had been asked to do another series of uh, the Hancock show, and they just didn't want to do it. They didn't want to be committed to doing something like that, and they didn't think um, the pilot for Steptoe and Son would would work as a series. And exactly as we mentioned earlier on, because it's such a serious thing, obviously. Yeah. That, that didn't work and it it uh, it, it it came out um the original premise was that it was going to be two brothers um but then it was considered more that father and son would work best uh ronald fraser was the second choice for harold which would have really when you think about it, produced a totally different uh, yeah, it character been, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay the, the series uh, was one of the first uk sitcoms uh, to actually employ actors rather than comedians for the principal roles hence the reason why when we were saying earlier on about them uh, being theater uh, trained, uh, you know, yeah. than than just stand-up comedians, which was the one. But obviously, Sid, I think Sid James is was was quite a serious actor, though. He, yeah, he was. Well, he, I think uh, he was. See everybody. How uh, uh, drivers wasn't he? And mm. he wasn't pretty really rolling in Howling. I mean, you're a big fan of How Drivers. We talked about that on a podcast before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, he turned up in in other stuff. So I think uh, uh, Sid James could actually be classed as more of a serious actor than than anything else. Interesting thing about uh, Steptoe and Son, although we've we've played the title music, um, there was actually no standard set of opening titles um, for the opening sequence. You'd get the little bit of a music, and it actually, as the the titles would come up, saying Steptoe and Son, it would be in the, the episode already. Nine times out of ten, though, it would mention uh, Steptoe's horse, Hercules, yeah. uh, which apparently is uh, Elton John's middle name. I don't know how true that is, but uh, I, I read that somewhere. I don't know if it's actually true. <laughs> uh, the first series has the pair as very rough-looking and often dirty and in ragged clothes, but they quickly tidied up. I think the reason why they tidied up was because uh, the first episode of Steptoe and Son was in black and white. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the later ones, I was in colour, and, you know, it's it's just... Obviously, dirt shows up pretty. Uh, pretty you know, I always remember that the way he did look. They looked a lot worse in black and white, didn't they? You thought, well, he had the proper tramps. In, it, it was just a lot. It, the, the colour ones are the ones that I remember, to be honest about it. I think that's a lot of things, though, isn't it? You always seem to remember colour more than black or white. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some. I found a, a website devoted to uh, Steptoe and Son, and uh, and uh, got to be honest, this is where I got this information from because there's no way on earth I'd be able to remember this. Um, they've actually got a nice little bio of uh, both of the characters, and that's there's only two major characters in Steptoe and Son. We might as well talk about it. Uh, the father, Albert Edward Lady Smith Steptoe, <laughs> uh, portrayed by William Bramble, was born on the 26th of September 1899. His father, not known but believed to be a local muffin man now dead uh, the portrait he keeps of his father is in fact gladstone mm. uh, though he always let on that he had been born in 1901 he appears to have joined the army underage at the start of the first world war and he's seen wearing the mon star medals to prove it he served with the british expeditionary force to archangel white <laughs> russia in 1919 Steptoe Senior is lazy, stubborn, narrow-minded, foul-mouthed, and has a revolting personal habit. Albert is content with his place in the world, utterly unpretentious and downright cynical. He can be extremely vindictive and does everything he can to prevent Harold, his son, from improving himself, especially if it means him leaving home. 
He's normally unshaven and wears a very old pair of false teeth, discoloured and with the teeth missing. His wife died in 1936 and he mentions her only in one episode, episode and that he was one of 14 children. And let's just talk about Albert Steptoe. There's, um, the one thing that always sticks in my head was him having a bath in the kitchen sink. Yep. Now, I'll tell you what, if you you think now, right, if you say this, we've got you know, people from around the world who don't watch this show and you told them that character, mm. that would not make you think, oh, I want to watch the... I want to watch a comedy series about someone like that. It just wouldn't, would it? No, because he does sound like a horrible piece of work. Horrible person. It's like, what, is he the villain in it? That's what you think. Is he mm. the villain? Yeah. You know, is he the, is he the butler out of, you know, is he on, on the buses? Yeah, and that's the, the even though he, he was sort of likeable, wasn't he? Yeah, there was a, it was almost like a uh, anti-hero. Uh, yeah, even before too. that was touted around the anti-hero, because there weren't many other comedies where you liked someone like that in it, of the time. You know, Hancock wasn't a nice person, particularly, in yeah. real life. But in that, he was always the hero, wasn't he? He was the one you wanted to win. Yeah. Well, you didn't I... want Albert to win. No, but and I think the, the well, I think that was the great thing about um, Galton and Simpson's writing, where, as he mentions there, he's a cynical, you know, foul-mouthed person with vaulting personal habits, and he, he does try everything he can to prevent Harold from leaving. Um, but there's also that essence, the reason why he doesn't want Harold to leave is because he doesn't want to be on his own. Yeah, that's, uh, you, feel, you do feel sorry for him, you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually watched an episode of uh, Steptoe and Son yesterday when I, I was writing this, and, uh, and he was making an apple pie. And you know when you make a pie, you put your pastry over the top and you, you crimp the sides. Yeah. He actually took his false teeth out and used his false teeth to crimp the. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, which is brilliant. And he, he had the right, he had the perfect desired effect. Um, he'd always have his bath, uh, and that was a rarity in the bath. Uh, he was always he even had bits of food in the bath with him, didn't they? And would eat it and oh, it, and... Was, it was horrible. It... He was also, yeah. And this is where Harold's catchphrase of you zerty old man uh, came into uh, came into came into being. Uh, Harold, uh, his full name is Harold Albert Kirchner Steptoe, uh, born nineteen twenty five, which was actually Corbett's uh, birthday uh, for the nineteen sixties series, or born in nineteen thirty two. For the 70s series, uh, he was educated. I know, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was educated at Scrubs Lane Elementary School. Uh, he is obstinate, uh, through prone to moments of enthusiasm about an idea, which is always true. And he suddenly gets an idea, and he's like a, a child with it. Uh, uh, he wants to move up in the world, but most of all, to escape from the family home and his stifling relationship with his father, which was the subject of the course of the first episode, The Offer. Harold has aspirations. He likes to see his business as being in an antique rather than junk. Yeah, that's it. I always remember that. That was always what he wanted to do, didn't he? That was it, yeah. Uh, he bitterly regrets leaving the army, in which his service took him to Malaya, and he nearly always wears a workman's belt adorned with an army cap badges. During the 1960s series, he'd been a veteran of the Second World War, but as he was de-aged during the 1970s series, this was never mentioned again. Harold is a dreamer. He's an idealist. Politically, Harold is a Labour supporter. Steptoe and uh, son number three, he's, uh, he's actually appalled uh, at his father, who is a Conservative Party supporter. Uh, he aims to improve his mind and his social circle, but always fails, often thanks to Albert's deliberate put-downs or sabotage. Harold's exasperation and disgust at his father's behaviour often results in his repeating the catchphrase, you dirty old man. Um, 
there's many a time when a Harold brings a girl home or he gets invited to a certain party because um, he is a bit of a charmer, Harold is. He, he does come across as quite a nice... He is a nice guy, uh, but he's, his situations are always ruined by his father. Uh, and you know, I was going to say that if you think that, like my favourite episode was the seventies one, the colour one, was the one where they did amateur dramatics. Mm. Yeah. And he put on airs and graces, and that was his the only time you saw the life that he probably would have had, the all that he wanted, and he spoke really posh, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He and did. I always, I always thought that episode was a, you know, was sort of based on himself in real life as well. That he saw himself. This is what he was. That in his in his head, that's what he was. He was this theatrical person hanging around with the hoity-toity people but really wasn't in, no. in his actual world he was doing a job that he didn't want to do yeah and that's my favorite episode that was because i think he always wanted to be above his station didn't he that was the thing with step two and son you sort of didn't want him to get away did you because you thought well what about your dad yeah, and that's that's the beautiful version of Galton and Simpson because um, it's that horrible scenario that without Albert, Harold wouldn't be who he is, and without Harold, Albert would be a very lonely old man. Uh, as you say, that he, he always tries to bear himself by speaking slightly posher and and calling his father, you know, his father, father or Peter, yeah. uh, often, especially in the acting one that you mentioned. He tends to take things a little bit overly seriously, like playing Scrabble and badminton. Uh, he, he always thinks that playing a game of badminton is knocks him up the social circle a, a little bit, which, of course, it isn't really. Um, there was a famous episode uh, called Divided We Stand, in which uh, Harold petitions the house in two, so oh, he that, doesn't that, have that, to share it. That's the archetypal episode in Britain, in it, when people think of Step to and Son, that yeah. episode. Uh, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, though, that throughout the, all the bitterness, there is an essential bond there, and I think that's the uh, that's that's the that's the fun of it all, really. And, and as you say, you do get exasperated by it because sometimes you want Harold to actually, you know, come come out good. Yeah. Uh, but also, then, you, as you say, it's you a, feel safe for. for it's a bit uh, wild, mate. You think we've already talked about in a podcast in our varied uh, history of podcast. You think of like Red Dwarf. It's the same kind of thing between Lister and Rimmer, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know yes, what I mean? He, he, yeah. ain't a nice, he ain't particularly a nice person, Rima. He don't do anything for anyone, but you want them to be together, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And there is that thing as well where uh, quite a few times when they, they do get themselves in sticky situations, um, such as the episode The Seventh uh, Steptorio, uh, 74, where they're managed by a local gangster. It's actually Albert who gets them out of the, the predicament. Um, and that... Rossiter, isn't it? Is that Leonard Rossiter? No, isn't Leonard Rossiter the escaped um, the escaped criminal not the gangster oh yeah i was getting pretty like i said we we were talking this early weren't we before we come on air the thing is we've stepped and son in this country it's never bloody on anymore is it no even on the even, even on cable not the uk gold or dave that just repeat the same things over never don't seem to put them on and they can't be a lot of money to get the because it's not as if they wiped them all because i've got them all haven't they they do they actually have every single episode yeah. i mean the, the dvd is actually quite cheap you can get a really good box set now uh which is definitely worth uh worth picking up um i think it's only about 15 quid something like that was it, was it ever shown in america ah well we'll come to that later on when it, it uh, goes on about it, uh, remakes so uh <laughs> um Let's talk about the relationship between the two, between Harry H. Corbett and, and Wilfred Bramble. Oh, is it as the actors? As the, as the actors, yeah. Hmm. It, it wasn't the best, was it? No, not really. And that, that's putting it mildly. 
Yeah, I was uh, the, the Harry H. Corbett was a um, as we mentioned a little bit like Harold Steptoe, the fact that he wanted to be better than what he actually was. Uh, the, the better the, the wanting to be better person of of uh, a Harold Steptoe was exactly what Harry H. Corbett was like. He was quite posh. Um, and Wilfrid Bramble, although Wilfrid Bramble it wasn't extremely posh as well, they were lo- totally like chalk and cheese. Uh, Corbett was married. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, Wilfrid Bramble was uh, was gay, um, and that's totally obviously the totally opposite to the spectrum. There, they didn't mix uh, in the same circles. Uh, Wilfrid Bramble was an alcoholic, um, and sometimes he suffered his um, his recording but that now that's been brought up a few times and i've heard other people say that actually, that's actually a myth he was uh he never let his alcohol um interfere oh, in his work same, same kind of generation of actors who are all big drinkers mm. and and caners or whatever they wanted to get to but they were professionals weren't they John, yeah you know, anyway talk about the same john wayne was the same you know you know john wayne never turned up he was the biggest drinker mm. but he'd turn up every bit early because he was a professional. Uh, Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed was exactly the same. Yeah, well, yeah. Oliver Reed was a big. I love it was a big knack anyway. But he's yeah. always he always turned up and knew his lines, didn't he? It's a big myth. All these proper professionals can do that. It's yeah. when you don't turn up that's when you're when. Well, you're, that's it. I mean, you mentioned John Wayne there, slightly diverting on our waffle. But I mean, John Wayne uh, uh, earns the 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 tag of legend. Deser- you know, deservedly. Uh, uh, you know, a fantastic actor, an amazing presence. Uh, you know, worked hard played hard but as you say ultimate professional uh, you, know, that's it. you know what Charlton Heston said about John Wayne as well when Damn Charlton, dirty Heston, Charlton Heston was once asked what are John Wayne's political allegiances mm. and he went right wing Genghis Khan <laughs> that sums so I love that's one of my favourite all time statements but that sums up probably what John Wayne was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there, there, there you go uh, Charlton Heston dear me God. Anyway, uh, let's not let's let's not go. There. You know who was another massive alcoholic, but you'd never know. Oh, American actor. Yeah, you're never going to get it. We'll never. Oh, then. Mr. Miyagi. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I was watching. Uh, I was watching. Um, Return of the was it Return of the Karate Kid? One with Hilary Swank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was watching that yesterday, and uh, as as is my want with films, I end up getting the book and uh, and going through the facts. And uh, apparently, yeah, he was uh, quite a heavy drinker and alcoholic, but never kept it hidden, and no one knew. Did him all right. He lived to his about ninety five, didn't he? So he did him all right. That's all the karate. That's what he was. But he was pickled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. You mentioned earlier on the um, oh, sorry, yeah, we was talking about their <laughs> their relationship. Yeah, it was uh, it was very tinged with. Um, I didn't get on. They didn't. They worked professionally with each other, um, but they they certainly didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, it's a strange thing because when ha- uh, Harry H. Corby died, he died before Wilfred Bramble. Um, Wilfred Bramble was actually quite moved by his death. There's also um, a variety awards clip in which you see the two win an award, and you can tell they don't get on. Um, they tried. They put the smile on and everything like that. But there's something in the back, whether it's because you know they don't get on and you're looking out for it, um, it does become fairly obvious, I think, uh, if I'm honest. Um, I, think, I think things like that, Medji, you, you can't even Spandau Ballet, this has got nothing to do with the podcast, but Spandau Ballet, though, they've got back to get, I was watching them on stage last night on the TV, mm. and you can see they still deep down, you can see they don't like each other. The, the only, oh, actually, I was watching that, that was the Isle of Wight thing. Yeah. Um, and the only the only people who seemed to actually smiling and looking at each other when they was playing was Martin Kemp and yeah. um, 
Uh, Tony, Hadley. Tony Hadley, them two kept yeah. smiling and laughing at each other. The others you could see, they weren't get you could see, couldn't you? It weren't right, was it? Yeah, yeah, but uh, to be fair, I, you know, I think Martin Kemp's pretty cool. He still looks cool. No, but I think no, I've been saying you, you, being professional, you can you still work together, don't you? Well, that exactly, and and, and they obviously work to stream professional with each other for, for all this time. Um, the episode you mentioned about the the fact that BBC amazingly um, didn't screw up and why? It's amazing because they got rid of everything any good, didn't they? In the BBC. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, Stepton Son is rare among 1960s BBC television programs in that every episode survives for. Posterity, despite the mass wiping of BBC archive holdings between 1972 and 1978, or the culling years as we know it as, uh, all the instalments from the first 1970s series and all but two from the second that were originally made in colour only survive in the form of black and white domestic videotape recordings. Uh, myth has it that the episodes were recorded off air by Galton and Simpsons themselves, but in fact they were copies made from the master tapes for them by an engineer at the BBC. Uh, using a uh, Shibadan 7V SV 700 half inch reel to reel black and white video recorder, which was a forerunner of the video cassette. In 2008, the first reel of black and white tele recording of Series 5 episode of Winter's Tale, lasting approximately 15 minutes, was returned to the BBC. Uh, this is the only tele recording of a colour Steptoe and Son episode known to still exist. The original two quad videotapes of all the episodes of the original 62 to 65 series were wiped in the late 60s. However, these episodes survive on film transfers of the original videotapes as 16mm black and white telerecordings. In 77, Stepton Son appeared in a television commercial for Ajax Soap Powder. This was recorded during their tour of Australia. Oh, I remember that advert. I really yeah. remember that. <coughs> in uh, 1981, their last ever appearance was in a commercial for Kenko Coffee. This led to rumours of a new series, but of course, this was untrue. Um, Australian series was awful as well, wasn't it? That well, the, the tour, yes, it was it very was good. It was embarrassing, wasn't it? Well, Bramble was, was quite serious into his drinking at that point, and so tensions were, were, were a lot harsher than normal. And it was it really didn't go down that well. They ended up singing stuff like Roll Out the Barrel, and, you know, it just doesn't just doesn't work at all, really, which is, which is a shame. It's not a live show. No, no. Um, yeah, so that was that really. Uh, recently, we've had a few television um, programs done about Steptoe, so the most recent starring. Um... <laughs> oh, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, you know who I was going to say? Who? Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, and he's dead. So I'll... <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, Jason Isaacs. Hello, Jason Isaacs. Um, yeah. um, which, and, uh, and playing Wilfie Bramble was uh, Phil Davies. Classic British actor. Classic British actor. We ought to do an episode on him, actually. And uh, that was a really good programme. It wasn't a a comedy. I think a lot of people, you know, I know a few people who watched that and said, oh, they found it a bit too depressing, thinking it was going to be a comedy. And it wasn't a comedy, was it? No, I mean, it was called uh, The Curse of Steptoe, uh, done by the brilliant BBC Four. Um, uh, Which I think BBC Four should actually be the new BBC One because it's it's just a. Very own HBO. Yeah, it is indeed, yeah. that was made on the 19th of, uh, so broadcast on 19th of March 2008. It examines the fractured relationship between Corbett and Bramble and the difficulties that I had uh, being type, uh, sorry, typecast. Um, the film was part of a series looking at British TV comedians and personalities, including Hancock, Frankie Howard, and Huey Green, and followed the success of BBC Four's award-winning 2006 play Kenneth Williams's Fabulosa, starring Michael Sheen. Of course, we all know. Played David Frost. Yeah, isn't it that fabulous? Ah, absolutely brilliant. Just, wow, Michael Sheen is, is you oh. know, fantastic. 
The interesting thing about the curse of Steptoe was the fact that uh, it gave uh, BBC Four its highest audience figures ever of 1.41 million viewers, which is actually very high for uh, for something like BBC Four. Yeah, definitely because it's you know it's a, it's a little niche programming basically programs for people with brains. Which yeah, is Britain, which is Britain is a niche market. Don't <laughs> get me started. Okay, yeah, leave the van for, um, <laughs> for later later episodes. Uh, yeah, no, uh, BBC Four, uh, fantastic thing. Yeah. Um. So Steptoe and Son, uh, a legend for the sixties and seventies comedy, uh, and did you say it's not actually shown uh, oh. much at all? When's the last? The only thing. <coughs> The only thing you see is to the films, don't you? Yeah. yeah to the good. films every now yeah. and again. Yeah. Do you want to talk about those two films? Yeah, well, I think briefly, because they weren't a lot different than the bloody... In saying that, I think that some of the films... Which is the one, is it Steptoe and Sunrides again, the one with the dog? I think so, yeah. <laughs> that is the classic episode. That is the classic thing, isn't it? With buying a greyhound and making him have glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, the films really are worth picking up. I always remember the, um, the graveyard scene. Uh, I don't know why that always sticks in my head, but that, those yeah, two yeah. films are pretty good. They are, and the title was good. They didn't do what the other films did of the time of TVCs, where they just went on a holiday. Yeah, on the like, buses, went on holiday. Yeah, and... Whenever you go on holiday, whenever you take it out of the thing, it's a bit, I suppose, a bit like that. It's Sex in the City. When you take it out of New York, it's not Sex in the City anymore. And so the good thing about Steptoe and Son is they kept it as a rag and bone, man. Yeah. Because exactly. they're always trying to go on holiday, didn't they? They're always trying to go on holiday. <laughs> No, I didn't. Uh, my voice is going again, which is um, which is brilliant. Obviously, how professional. Now, um, you mentioned earlier on about whether Steptoe and Son was shown abroad. You know, honestly, I I don't know. I know it was shown in Australia. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was in Canada as well. Yeah, and I, I think it was shown in Canada. Um, but a lot of it was actually remade. There's a lot of foreign versions. In the United States, it was known as Sanford and Son. Uh, it was actually a top-rated series. It ran for five years, from seventy-two to nineteen seventy-seven. Um, and these were actually um, two uh, black. Um, I don't know if they're called Wagenbomen in America, but junkyard. So, yeah. uh, in Sweden. It was, um, oh gosh, am I going to, uh, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce that, uh, but it, I'll read it out and anyone who, if we have any Swedish listeners, please yeah. uh, do get in touch. I think we have actually, we've got three. Um, Sten Eik Kederhock and Thomas von Blunsten starred in Albert and Herbert and the pair lived at Skullgarten, uh, uh, 15, and addressed in a working class neighbourhood of Haga, Gothenburg. I so hope I've said that uh, right. Oh, no. Uh, the Netherlands. Oh, dear. Um, Steve... all the easy ones, ain't you? I know, yeah. Um, Steve Bean and Zoon, uh, retranslation, Step Bone and Son, uh, ran for 17 episodes, and it was awarded the 1964 Golden Televisier Ring. Uh, Pierre Romer Stilpern Jr. went on to become an established actor in his home country. Um, the other foreign version... Was in Portugal. <laughs> God. Uh, Camilo and Filo Lada, uh, starring famous Portuguese comedian Camilo de Oliveira, uh, with Nuno Melo as um, as his son. And there was also very apt a South African version, Ooh, uh, called uh, Snitus Sweet and Son. Oh, I, I am killing these pronunciations. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we have any South African listeners um, because they're all watching the World Cup. Uh, and this is actually a radio play spin-off of the Men from the Ministry, uh, reversed up to Son 5. Um, so that were the foreign versions. Uh, We've got a couple of things just to, to, to end on. Um, have you heard of Step to and Son in Murder Oil Drum Lane? 
No, what's that? Okay, I'll read it out to you. Uh, in October 2005, Ray Galton and John Antrobus premiered their play Steptoe and Son in Murder at Oil Drum Lane at the Theatre Royal in York. Uh, it there went across the tour in the country and it was set in the present day and related the events that led to Harold killing his father and their eventual meeting 30 years later with Albert appearing as a ghost. By the end, it is clearly established that this is very much a conclusion to the Steptoe saga. It was not the first time this idea had been considered. When Wilfie Bramble left the UK after the third series to pursue an uneventful, sorry, eventually unsuccessful Broadway musical career, Galton and Simpson toyed with the concept of killing Albert off. This was in order to continue the show without having to wait for the act to return. The character would have been replaced with Harold's illegitimate son, Arthur, thought to be played by child actor David Hemmings, who was also in uh, Blood. Yeah. Uh, this idea was detested by Corbett, uh, who thought it ridiculous, uh, though the 2008 drama The Curse of Steptoe depicts Corbett as being delighted with the concept, <clears throat> since assuming the role of father would allow the character of Harold some development and growth, which he felt was long overdue. That wouldn't have worked at all. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Although you know, you, nice you, to see David Hemmings do it. It's a, yeah, you just can't replace actors. They've tried it in so I can't think of a series where where this could open up a world of talking, but we won't be running briefly on it. I can't think of a comedy ever where it's been replaced by a different character and and improved it. Uh, well, uh, you, you mentioned comedy there, but I would have said Doctor Who. Yeah, but no, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an actual, not the actor change, the character change. Yeah, I can. But, um, the one we talked about the other day with uh, Samantha Janus, Game On. Game On. Men behaving oh, badly. Yeah, but say all of a sudden, if they killed Doctor Who off, and the next time it was someone called the director. Yeah, but that's not going to happen, yeah. is it? No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can't do it. I just don't think you can replace the uh, such a, an important character like Harold mm. and bring someone into it, even if it's David Hemming, who's a great bloody actor. And don't matter how great the writing is, people are always going to want Harold back, aren't they? It wasn't Harold. It was uh, Albert. Oh, but I was getting the bloody <laughs> No, I mean, no. I was just trying to think of other other programs that have done that where they've. Uh, the only one that that does come to mind, which is uh, the the hot news that I have have for you, which unfortunately does mean it's going to be exactly your worst nightmare come true. And also our friend uh, Kerry uh, Murdoch, uh, who also uh, this is her worst nightmare as well. Um, Last of the summer wine, uh, a long running. British comedy. I bet it's been scrapped, hasn't it? He's, uh, he's finishing after 37 years and 31 series. That's ridiculous, that is. That's a long series. But but the reason why I bring it up is because that actually had a... That was a programme that did change the actual main people, only because they passed away. Uh, at the first uh, series of Alas of Summer Wine, um, the, the, the main, one of the main characters died and was, um, I think it was Blamer and yeah. was replaced by um, Foggy Dewhurst played by Brian Wilde who was uh, in Porridge. Uh, I've got another one go on. I just realised a really mad one Albert and Grandad Yes Only Fools and Horses Yeah definitely, I thought Albert was better than Grandad Anyway but we'll leave that to the Only Fools and Horses podcast <laughs> Definitely. Oh, uh, I should point out, this is normally we mentioned this at the beginning. Uh, I'm going to mention it now. Uh, this show is dedicated to somebody. It's dedicated to Ash Lambert, who doesn't actually listen to the show, but uh, subliminally listens to the show through his partner, uh, Cheryl Huff, uh, who was mentioned in our uh, uh, Spaced episode. Uh, she always listens to us on her laptop, and he has to put up with it. So, Ash, this, this episode is for you. <laughs> Hello there, Ash. I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I went to his barbecue, his birthday barbecue the other day. It was very good. Uh, we should stay a bit longer. They had a huge bouncy castle, and adults could have gone on it as well. And you didn't go on it. What's the matter with you? Uh, well, one, I hadn't had a drink, and two, I had Isla with me. So, um, yeah, that's that's understandable. Yeah, understandable. So that's our uh, brief chat about um, Streptone Song. We have a comment to play, and that's from our good friend and Doctor Who uh, fanatic, Phil Hayes. Hello, Meds. Hello, Kel. Hope you're feeling well. It's Phil here from Missing Hen. Uh, I'm glad you're talking about Steptoe and Son because I'm feeling in a very Steptoe and Son kind of mood this morning because I've got a bit of a bad tooth. So I'm thinking of taking a, a kind of handkerchief or a bandage and wrapping it under my chin and tying it in a knot on my head, which is the kind of thing you probably expect Wilfred Bramble to do as he kind of came in, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, Steptoe and Son. When I was a kid, it was sort of always there in the background. It was something that, you know, your parents would say, tidy up your room, it looks like Steptoe's yard, that kind of thing. And you'd see the odd episode on telly. But what we tended to see more of was repeats of the films, I seem to remember. They were on the telly more often than the the original episodes. Um, What I do remember seeing when I was a kid is one of the colour episodes, I think from the last series, where... Harold and and, and his, his dad kind of... They fall out and they decide to divide the entire house down the middle with a partition and um, of course the television is is half and half and one of them's got the controls and the other hasn't so he keeps flicking it over so that appealed to me a lot given that it was my dad in that house who chose what we watched so we didn't really watch a lot of ITV we had to watch BBC he was quite strict about that kind of thing Um, but it's interesting that later on you know as you'd be able to get DVDs and the repeats of the older, earlier episodes in the 60s, those kind of things. You start to see that in the early episodes, it's a lot more gritty, it's a lot more, you know, their, their clothes are more ragged, they look more dirty, and in a way, kind of, it's less, it's less than the, it's less kind of, kind of just comedy, kind of like dividing a house in two, and it's got a bit more tragedy in it as well. It's kind of, it's got that kind of feeling, the same kind of feeling as Hancock, which I guess isn't surprising, given it's the same writers. Um, so that's why nowadays I really like the early ones, the old ones, that kind of, the black and white ones, and it's much more theatrical, much more self-contained, like these two people who you feel truly are trapped in that location. So that's all I'm going to say. Two people trapped in a location. Ooh, meds, Kel, try and get out now. No, sorry, OK. Uh, I'm just off now to, to go and put uh, put that bandage around my head, and I'll uh, see you soon. See you guys. So that's uh, Phil's comment there. Uh, Kel, always nice to have comments. Thank you, Phil, for taking the time for doing that. Uh, yeah, because I wouldn't do it. No, no, I'm amazed that you turn up sometimes. I don't hear, well, I can't really not turn up when I'm in my own house. Well, that is true, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, thanks for, for listening. Uh, as usual, uh, we'll mention the usual uh, things that we have. Uh, you, can I say usual uh, again in any sense? <laughs> um, we've got our Facebook page, so anyone on Facebook wants to join us, just type in Waffle and Podcast. Please do leave us reviews on iTunes, preferably more than one star. Uh, and uh, anything else, uh, Cal, do you want to mention? Do you want to mention any future episodes? What's our next episode? Are we doing the TNG one? Are we doing? Are we doing the TNG one? Are we going to do that one, a live one, aren't we? When we do it together, because it's too much to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to come out to your house and do it. And I know for we've got quite a few people wanting to throw comments in, including oh, yes. Kenny I'm from California. Longer than this one, I would have thought. I think it's going to. Yeah, it's going to be definitely a 90 minute one because we're going to have to play a, a, probably a couple of clips if we can find them. There might be a few clips in this episode, not too sure, but uh, I know for a fact we've got uh, Kenny and Jen are wanting to throw us some comments. And we've got a little a little taste there. It's mainly going to be post beard. TNG, isn't it? <laughs> well, we are going to talk about uh, how uh, TNG. Let's not ruin it, but uh, having a beard and getting slightly chubby was a good yeah. thing for TNG. 
Now, we've got some promos to play in a moment. Uh, there's a couple of new ones on there, so please do um, stay at the end of the show to listen to them. The promos are The Martians Are Here, who I write for, The Anomaly Podcast, Tin Dog Podcast. He's doing some great stuff there, so please listen to Tin Dog. Knights of the Guild, Dirty Boxes. Ooh, Dirty Boxes. And, uh, of course, Taking Review. Uh, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month. Cheers, Cal. Goodbye. Bye. If you like a good science fiction story, then you'll like The Martians Are Here podcast by Australian author Stefan Sonnen. The Martians Are Here podcast is a science fiction serial around 15 minutes per podcast episode set in the not-too-distant future. It's a story about two alien species from very different origins who bring their ongoing war to Earth with disastrous consequences for humanity. told through the eyes of five people who must piece together what's going on in order to survive. This is what happens when biology, technology, and adaptability collide. The Martians Are Here podcast on iTunes and on themartiansarehere.com. Our friend Casey, that we mentioned earlier, has huh. never seen Empire. Or Jedi. What? No. I know. I nearly banished her. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective, on all things geek. Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Buffy, Firefly, gaming, books, costuming, and general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com Urgent subspace communication incoming. I detect another mine. Hello, listeners of other podcasts. Yes, this is Michael, host of the Tin Dog Podcast, and I'd like to ask for your help. As you're no doubt aware, I'm creating the definitive Astrology, an astrological Doctor Who based on every single day of the year. I've almost finished the complete work. However, I have four dates that have nothing, to my knowledge, even remotely Doctor Who based, happening on that date. No episodes were ever shown. No people in the series had their birthdays that date. So I need your help, because I know you, dear, dear listeners, know more about Doctor Who than this poor little tin dog ever could. Do you know anything, even remotely Doctor Who related, that happened on June the 30th, August the 2nd, August the 19th, or August the 21st? If you do, and good lord I hope you do, then email me at tin-dog at hotmail.co.uk. 
I'm counting on you. However, you might not be a listener of the Tin Dog Podcast. So to know exactly what I'm talking about, visit www.tin-dog.co.uk and listen to the Doctor Who Tin Dog Podcast. So until I speak to you all again, be seeing you. The other mind has now left the Matrix. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the host of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on general Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. When you're bored, where do you want to go? Nowhere. Who do you feel like seeing? No one. Boredom hurts in so many ways. Dull, restless, lack of imagination. Dirty Boxers can help. Dirty Boxers is a light-hearted daily show exploring the world around us in an entertaining but pointless manner. Covering tech, gizmos and gadgets, random politics, general UK stuff, music, scouting, depression and unspecific student life rubbish. Tell your iTunes right away if your boredom worsens, you have unusual changes in behaviour or you suddenly realise it is a podcast labelled explicit. Listeners should not subscribe to Dirty Boxers if they are easily offended, have high blood pressure or a weak heart. Some listeners may experience temporary blindness, comical male baldness, DVT, runny nose, cubic lice and a rare allergic reaction to cheese. Not suitable for asthmatics, diabetics, bedwetters or the Chinese. All subjects and commentary featured should be deemed untruths until proven otherwise. Some other minor side effects could include nausea, vomiting, growth of additional breasts, arms and hands, short, bittery spouts of homosexuality, DTS, man flu, and being struck by lightning. Some or all views may not reflect those of the Scout Association, the Boy Scouts of America, their partners, or affiliates. Only available in English and loose English at that. Ask your writings to see if Dirty Boxers is right for you. To find out more, go to www.dirtyboxers.co.uk. Hello, I'm Meds. You're not Meds. <laughs> and I'm Kel. You're not Kelly, though. I don't even sound like him, do I? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm I sound not like sure. the Geico lizard. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to do that. Anyway, hey, we love Waffle On. Waffle On's fun. I just love the podcast. Meds and Kel, you're so cool. By the way, this is Rick. And this is Amy, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss our geeky Moyer home. Yes, we are geeky. And we're really fun, though. We talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. And I absolutely love Star Trek and heavy metal music. It's just too much fun. And I tolerate Star Trek and don't like heavy metal music at all. <laughs> what do you like? I like reading and quiet music and home and garden TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like some of British sci-fi stuff, right? You know, I do like some sci-fi. I, I really do, but um, just I'm not as passionate about it as you are. That's okay. We lived we've lived together for 24 years, and uh, it's okay. Opposites attract, and we're still we're we're still married, eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That's Canadian. That's not English. Oh well. I say we go have a cup of tea. In, indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. Indubitably. I can't even say that. We do like tea, though. I do like tea. Yes. Earl Grey. Hot. Well, anyway, if you get a chance to listen to our podcast, do so. It's at takehimwithyou.com, or you can find us on iTunes. Just look up Take Him With You. And you can hit the little subscribe button, and it's free. Yep. So thanks, Meds and Kel. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for uh, letting us do our promo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tea time. Yeah.